What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Gray Show. Another awesome episode planned for you. And I'm telling you, in the year of 2020, even in all of its craziness, I'm getting to meet so many new friends literally across the world, and it's amazing. And so have another uh, another new friend on for you tonight. We're going to have some great conversation and uh, get to talk about everything from, I'm guessing, leadership to being a hopeful person to probably family, and it's going to be fun. So grab some popcorn, unless you're driving or on the treadmill, uh, sit back, relax, and listen to the show. I've got my my uh, new brother in life, Mr. Chris Ippolito. Did I butcher it too bad, Chris? No, you got that perfect. I did pretty, I did pretty good. Um, Chris, welcome <laughs> to the Mitch Gray Show, man. Thanks for having me, Mitch. I have to tell you, I listened to the intro of your podcast like 51 times to try and at least halfway get it right, and uh, it was okay. I, I, I did okay. Ippolito. Ippolito. Yeah. If I say it 30 more times, we'll be okay, but we're not going to do that on the show. People would get really bored of that. So so let me, let me share a quick story about that, actually. So it's spelled I-P-P-O-L-I-T-O. So if you take every two letters and break it out, super simple. I-P-I-P-O-P-O-L-I-L-I-T-O-T-O. Okay? The worst pronunciation I've ever had <laughs> is Epopolito. Epop? So they put something between the two P's. They, they added as much as <laughs> Epopolito. And I was like, what? How did you get that? Yeah, you're, you're at. You added like four more letters in there. <laughs> that that is not that is not how we're going to say it tonight or spell it. So, Ippolito. Okay, I've got it. I'll never forget it from now. Thank you. That was that was awesome. You're welcome uh, for breaking it down. Um, friends, make sure you follow uh, Chris on Twitter at Chris Ippolito. He just spelled it out for you. So his Twitter handle is at Chris. The letters he spelled I P P O L I T O. Um, and in the show notes, there'll be some other ways to contact Chris and follow him on social media. Um, Chris, among, among other amazing things, is the host of the Get Coached uh, 360 podcast. And the format of that podcast is um, incredible. Uh, Chris had some, some influential coaches and mentors in his life, and he basically wanted to take that whole inspiration over his life and turn it into a podcast. And uh, so I'm telling you, if you just roll down the, no- the the notes of the shows, just from that alone, you're going to find some really cool hidden gems um, in the podcast that you've got going. So, uh, so friends, go subscribe to that, the Get Coached 360 podcast. Um, the website is getcoached360.com. So cool. Wanted to get that out of the way. Make sure everyone goes and does that. If you need to pause our show to go subscribe to Chris, then do it. It's Okay. Subscribe to him now, then come back to us. We'll still be here when you get back. So, uh, so Chris, what's up, man? Tell us. Um, it's been really interesting having guests over the last three or four months um, yeah. because the conversation has been very, in a way, hopeful and revolutionary. But on the other side of the coin, kind of like, what is going on right now? So uh, you, how are you? What's going on in life? Uh, well, doing good. I mean... <laughs> Obviously, it's the hot topic. Everybody's talking about it, except now with sports somewhat coming back. Mm-hmm. I feel like sports has been added to the to the broad conversation. But 
we are really going through an extraordinary event. I've said this a couple times to my wife. We will never forget what happened in 2020. In fact, most trivia games years <laughs> from now, the answer is going to be 2020. Yes. Just remember that. Yes. The year in which the Stanley Cup was awarded <laughs> in, uh, what's the plan? I think right now it's supposed to get awarded in like September or October. Right. When normally it's awarded in like May or something crazy. It's Or April. It And it's just, it blows my mind what we're going through. But um, at the same time, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for people. And I'm, I'm not just for myself, but for a lot of the people I've been connecting with recently, they're all saying the same thing. Yes. Maybe it's just because of the types of people that I, I kind of am attracted to, but they're going, this is great. Like <laughs> right. business is booming for, right. me, for me. I finally was able to make the transition from employee to entrepreneur and yeah it's it's super exciting it, there's sure it's challenging for a lot of people yes but it, there's just as many people that are are seeing the positive side of this whole experience and taking action and and putting themselves in a much better position going forward Yes, I have experienced that exact same thing um, with people that, I, that I'm around, people I've had on the show. And first of all, we also want to say uh, to, to those who have been uh, negatively impacted by this pandemic, our, our hearts go out to you. Um, please reach out to us if we can provide support in any way. I know a lot of small business owners that it's been hard to pivot. I know a lot of families that have, that have been laid off work and unfortunately haven't been able to go back. So there, there are, I, I know quite a few people who have been impacted by COVID-19 um, personally with, with having, uh, dealing with that health-wise. And so our hearts go out to them. But I, I said something, uh, it had to have been the day or two after all this kind of hit uh, the area of the, of the world that I live in. I was talking to a business owner and of course they were freaking out. Like, what are we going to do? And my response was simple. The traditionalists are going to struggle the innovators yeah. are going to thrive, and that is exactly what has happened. And it's been kind of miraculous, actually. Yeah, a lot of I think for this, it's it's a very tough lesson for a lot of people. And I don't, it, like you said, my heart goes out to everybody who's really struggling with this. And my hopes is that they've got a support system of some sort, whether it's friends, families, um, a mentor, a coach, whatever it is, it, it, it's just having that kind of positive influence, that positive support system to help them get through it. And then almost in a sense, like reframe what's going on and look at it as a valuable opportunity to learn lessons, right? Um, I picked up stoicism, stoic philosophy approach a few years ago. And, and there's, um, the daily stoic by, um, oh geez, of course I'm going to blank on his name right now. Holiday, Ryan mm. Holiday, yes. Holiday. He, he has an entry for every day of the year. And I literally read that chip page on that day and that's it very very short read like 30 seconds some some maybe a minute and it's just it's 
it's perfect for me because it's always a nice reminder of things like when going through something challenging, like what we are right now or what anybody goes through in, in our all of our lives, we all go through challenging stuff. It's just a nice reminder that for the most part, you can't control mm. what's going on in the world mm-hmm. or or in in a in a more common way of saying it you can't control what's happening to you yes but at the same time you can control how you react to it yes. so you can control this right so and for those just listening i just pointed to my head <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you can control the way you think about it and in a sense once you kind of really buy into that mm-hmm. that is really empowering because now all of a sudden anything can happen to you and you just you can kind of as long as you can remind yourself like i have control of how i'm going to react to this and think about it you then literally kind of control the world so it's it's a i'll say it's it's a difficult skill and or habit to form i'm still like i'm like almost three years into kind of really diving into this and i still struggle with it right but hence why it's a lifelong journey to to kind of like master this 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 approach this mindset um but yeah that's uh that's been a big thing for me as of late uh i i look at what's going on in the world and i go yeah it's it's unfortunate what's going on mm-hmm. but that i can't control that so mm-hmm. let me focus on the things i can control on you know growing the podcast growing my business uh, outside of my day job, performing well in my day job so I can keep that source of income, connecting with new people, building new relationships. Like there's all these things that I can control that will put me in a much better position at the end of the day rather than worrying about who's telling who to wear face masks. Like whether you're pro or anti, what does it matter? Like right. just get on with what you're doing and and just focus on again what you can control. Yeah, yeah. It's this idea that what happens to you isn't near as important as how you respond to what's happening to you. And and I love this this idea that uh, the magic to life is found in the response to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the, like that. The miracle yeah. of life is found in the response. And I actually kind of started adopting that specific mindset in training salespeople. Um, because salespeople face rejection more so than they face <laughs> success. And yeah. so my statement became, hey, what matters is the ma- the magic is found in your response, not in someone else, but in your response to what has just happened. And it's it's a beautiful idea that if I can be fully present in this moment, no matter what turmoil or success or anything that's happening around me, if I can be fully present and respond accordingly, it changes the game totally changes the game. Yeah. I was in sales for a very long time, so I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. Um, Actually, up until I started with this company like five months ago, almost six months ago, this job that I currently have is the first non-sales job that I've had since... uh, for almost like 20 years. I've been in a sales or business development role for, for that long. And it's been fantastic to not have to hit quotas and stuff like that. Yes. Yes. So 
all the skills I learned over those mm. 20 years are why I've, I've excelled in, in my position, why I even got the job. I was able to sell them on why I was a right. good fit for the role. I was able to negotiate a, uh, let's, I want to do it in percentages. Ah, no, I'll just say <laughs> I eventually negotiated like $10,000 more per year than they were wanting to originally pay me. I got extra vacation. Like yeah. all of that wouldn't have happened if I had not developed those skill sets of sales. So this is a total tangent, but I think one of the biggest misconceptions that a lot of people have is I am not a salesperson. Right. Oh, I would never be good at it. Well, if you're never going to be good at sales, you're going to struggle. Yes. You don't need to be a salesman to learn the skill of selling or influence. That is just a skill you everybody should want to get. I believe that everyone actually knows the basic sales process. They've just never had to apply it to selling something. Yeah. Because just negotiating anything in life, if you're a teenager trying to negotiate going out on a date on Friday night, or if you're a school teacher trying to negotiate with a everyone knows the sales process of negotiation. They just never had to apply it to actually selling. And so it's like, no, 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 you already know how to do this. Now we're just going to apply it to a different arena in life. And that's really all it is. I think if maybe if people would shift the word sales to developing influence or something that just like that, that is a little bit more palatable, we'll say for them. Remove the stigma. Yeah. A lot of people have that negative stigma Mm. with sales. Like, oh, you're a sleazy salesperson. (laughs) It's like, well... Maybe I am. What's it to you? But, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. It's just the the Robert Greene has has a, a bunch of books on the topic. He kind of touches on them in different ways, but just the power of influence is so incredibly valuable as far as like a life skill that everybody really should look to develop more influence or how to be more influential. Uh, the one example he provided in a podcast, he's like, imagine, like, he's like, the people that say, I don't want influence, I don't want power. He's like, they're absurd, they're lying. He's like, imagine not having influence over your children. Mm. Mm. He's like, it would be awful. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, now I have a young son, he's, he's going to be 10 months soon. And influence plays a factor a little bit at this point, I suppose. But like for you, you'd mentioned you've got kids that are now like they're much older. They're adults now. And imagine not being able to influence them over their their when you were raising them. Oh, that would have been awful. Who knows what they would have turned out to be. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, it would have been a nightmare. A total nightmare. That's like years ago, I was in this class. It was actually at a, at a church I was going to at the time. And we were actually studying, uh, I think it was a men's class. And we were actually studying the 21, uh, the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell is what John we Maxwell. were actually studying. Uh, and, I have the book somewhere. <laughs> and... Uh-oh, we're going to pull it up on camera. So for those who are watching on YouTube, here you go. There's the book. There the 21 Yes, yes. I can't believe I remembered that title. And so we're actually, for two hours one night, we got into this whole debate of the idea that everyone is a leader. In some area of life, everyone is a leader. And literally, 
These men were debating for two hours if that was a true statement or a false statement. And I'm like, how are we even debating this idea? It makes no sense. Everyone is a leader. And it was just like, it was the craziest conversation I've ever been a part of when it comes to leadership. We're studying a book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and debating, basically, who does that apply to? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And it's, it's The thing about it is leadership, influence, sales, all of it, they're, they're just skills. Yes. Right? And everybody has the skill as far as their proficiency in it. Well, that's, that's a different conversation, but to say somebody is not a leader is, is, is I would say a false statement. They just haven't developed their leadership skill. Yes. Yes. Because you, you might get a mom that says, well, I'm not a leader. And it's like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, stop. If moms yeah. aren't leaders, then no one is a leader because <laughs> moms are leaders and some of the strongest leaders ever in the history of humankind. And just like you're saying, they're 100%. the there's yeah, so it's just it's incredible. So you said a few things that makes me want to go back to your podcast. Um, you, sure. th- you threw in a few words about influence and having mentors and being mentors. So out of all of the platforms on planet Earth, for you to get your message out about how important coaches and mentors are, why a podcast? <laughs> uh, great question. I've actually had this question a few times. So I chose podcast because um, the digital mentors that I, I kind of follow and take adv- advice from, so guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, Russell Brunson, some of those like big name Uh, online personalities or marketers, they always talk about, you know, if you're going to build your influence, you got to build a platform. Okay. Well, what are the three main platforms? You've got written. So you've got blog, you've got audio, which is podcast. And then you've got video, which is YouTube is kind of the staple name right now. And so they said, okay, well, if you're not sure how to decide, Go based on the type of content that you like to consume. What is it that you normally do? Do you read a lot of blogs? Do you watch a lot of videos? Or do you listen to a lot of podcasts? And for me, I listened to a ton of podcasts because I'd listen to them in the car. I'd listen to them while I'm cleaning. I'd listen to them while doing chores, going for a walk if by myself. So I was like, well, podcast makes the most sense. Uh, I added the video element kind of like you do, and I do post that on YouTube, but I don't really consider it to be a, like that, YouTube is not my main platform, though it is a platform I intend to grow eventually. The main channel and and or style approach is podcast because that's what I enjoy. I had the most, I guess, I've consumed the, the majority of my content in that form, so I feel like I just have that ability to understand what I like and what people might enjoy as well. Um, though I did do, a, I have done a YouTube channel for almost 10 years, which is a very little known fact that I do <laughs> like to keep up my sleeve when somebody's like, right. tell us something that not everybody would know. And I usually go, well, I've had a YouTube channel for 10 years, right. 2.5 million <laughs> right. views, uh, 9,000 subscribers, 
were a thousand short of getting your first uh, silver button from YouTube. Oh, nice. But, but I, I did the podcast because that's the, the platform and the media that I, I enjoy the most. Yeah. Yeah. So off of the, off of the two questions, off of the podcast, are you doing any um, blogging, writing based on the podcast? Is that something that uh, might expand to in the future? And second question being, where's the podcast going? What, what does that look like moving forward? Also good questions. And um, part of I like this because it kind of it helps me reinforce the vision that I do have. Mm. So the the content that I'm creating, so I, the reason I do the podcast format but with video is to give myself more to work with. So I can then create micro content that utilizes the video for little snippets for Instagram, which, just refining that process right now. Maybe by the time this releases, it's actually all dialed in and being released. Um, I, I take the all the audio and transcribe it. So every single word that is said in the episode and it's timestamped. So it's, it's very high quality transcriptions because I have a professional doing it. Right. Um, I have uh, a professional also writing my show notes now. So they just took that over. And so it's kind of almost like a mini blog mm-hmm. in a sense yes. pr- leading into what the episode's about. Then it does a summary, uh, timestamps as far as like the relevant topics and then all the links to showing where to find my guests. If, if people really connect with them, uh, and want to learn more, follow them or even reach out and maybe pursue them as, as a potential coach right. uh, or mentor, um, I give, I wanted that out of the gates and I, and I was doing it all on my own to begin with, but I was just like, holy moly, is this a lot of work as I know, you know, this, Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I need to build a team. So I didn't even really, it's really funny. This is almost like the law of attraction. I was not looking for people, but I ended up finding people. Mm. So I now have a mm. team of three. So I have, I have an audio engineer who helps me produce the audio section of it, the video section of it, helps create the micro content, uh, which we're developing our own little thing to like automate that and systematize it uh, and perhaps use that as a tool to to either offer for free or sell or whatever. We've got some plans with that. Um, I have somebody who's helping me grow and, and clean up my Instagram, I, which will expand into social media in general. Right. Now I've got somebody who's writing my show notes and it's it's kind of becoming more of like blog content because uh, I told her the main goal is SEO. So yes. let's make sure those first few paragraphs are, are SEO friendly and then we do the rest of it that a lot of people like to see in show notes. Resource links, links to the guests, um, summary, timestamps, all that kind of stuff. So the blogging content, so like more articles we'll say are, are eventually going to come out of that because I'll have so much content to work with that I can kind of just pull from all these episodes and put together articles that will be relevant to the audience that we're building. Now the vision, and I shared this actually right before we started. So originally my URL was getcoachpodcast.com. Mm. 
And I never really liked it because I was like, it doesn't fully encompass what my vision is for the podcast and what, not just the podcast, but like the brand, the business that I'm building. Uh, so I just changed it literally today <laughs> to getcoach360.com because I feel like adding that little 360 kind of like, it adds this cool little dynamic of, I'm not just talking to business coaches, though that is a big aspect of it because I'm building this really for an, an audience of aspiring entrepreneurs. So they're either very early on or haven't even started. But coaching is such a widespread um, industry now. Mm. You, you get coaching. Yes. You can get coaching for what we're doing right now. Yes. Vocal coaches, podcast coaches, music coaches, singing coaches, health coaches, fitness coaches. There's coaches for everything. And that's kind of what I want to start incorporating is to just become this hub for coaching. Right. Go get coached 360. So every aspect of it. And so when I start recording episodes again for 2021, because I'm already done for 2020, when I start recording episodes for next year, I would like to broaden it a little mm. bit. Mm. I already have some relationship coaches lined up to come on because I think that's super important. Business coaches are great for business. Right. And they will, some of them will incorporate some life coaching. But a business coach is probably not the best person to help you navigate through that difficult situation you're having with your spouse. Mm -hmm. A relationship coach mm -hmm. or, or even more specialized type of coach, that's who you want to talk to, right? Yes. And I really want to feature all these different types of coaching because coaching, there's so much value in coaching. I've personally benefited from it. Mm -hmm. And, and I know a lot of people who have some of the most successful people in the world have preached how important coaching is. So I'm kind of like, well, maybe I need, like, that's kind of like the message I'm trying to get out there. Hence why I wanted to shift over to a different name that made more sense to kind of the big vision. So really getcoach360.com eventually will just become this hub for coaches and people who are looking for coaching can eventually come together. They can listen to the podcast, which is a bit of a personal journey for myself, but also featuring coaches in areas that are of interest to me that I want to learn and get coaching on, <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> which is really the best part of it. Um, but then featuring these coaches so that a, a wider range of people can get exposed to, oh, geez, I didn't even really know there was a one of the people I'm potentially going to have, we're going to talk more broad in relationships, but what she does, she specifically helps women who have just recently gone through a divorce. She wow. coaches them on how to get life back on track, how to, you know, love yourself again and all these things. Mm. And she actually does focus a little bit on the entrepreneur space. So she's got a bit of a blend, but there's literally a coach for whatever it is that you may be struggling with. And I want to grow the Get Coach 360 brand into an area, a, a place where people can find all of it and learn about it and learn more about it. It's almost like you're taking this idea of creating a library of resources. I mean, it, it's almost got this one-stop shop feel to it. 
to to where people can go, yeah, I'm going to follow this podcast because I know at some point in time, there's going to be something there for me. And maybe not every episode is for every person. I think that's any podcast or TV show or any form of uh, entertainment per se. But I just love this idea that you're taking this space and saying, we're going to be a library of resources um, that you can find whatever encouragement you need at the time. I, I, I don't dig into podcasts a whole lot, but to my knowledge, I don't think that exists. I think you're taking up space that hasn't been, um, built on yet. Yeah. That's, that's part of the reason I even found my audio engineer was I was on Reddit, Mm. uh, and posting a question. This was fairly early on. I was already releasing, but I wanted to get a sense, like, I went to uh, the podcast subreddit and I just asked, what makes a great podcast? And I got some fantastic responses. So things like a lot of the stuff I'm doing, high quality transcription, time stamped summaries, uh, a summary of it, a nice lead in to like a, a almost like it's a summary, a written summary of what's coming in the episode, but like almost teasing it, but not showing too much. Right. It's like people were saying they love that and then they love the timestamp and just like all these things. I'm like, okay, I, I have no <laughs> idea how I'm going to incorporate all of that. Right. But right. I wrote out this list and I was like, I will have all of this eventually. Mm. And based on that post, this guy reaches out to me to, uh, privately and says, hey, I checked out your podcast. I absolutely love what you're doing. And he said basically the same thing as you. He's like, I don't think there's anybody doing that right now. Like, I don't, he's like, there are a lot of coaches who have podcasts and talk about coaching, but they're trying to promote themselves in a sense, which is fine. There's, I mean, in a sense, I might even become a coach eventually with all this conversation of coaching. Right. But it's not really my, my goal. My goal is to just educate people on on the various forms of coaching and show them the the value of coaching because they can literally listen to uh, any episode and I'm sure they will take some form of value yes. out of it. Yes. Maybe not everything, but there'll be one thing said that you're going to go, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like those little golden nuggets. Yes, yes. I love listening to those types of people because – that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking right. for what's that next little golden nugget that I need to hear right now that's going to set me on track with where where I need to go, right? So that's kind of my goal with those episodes is that I want I want somebody to receive a message, to hear something mm-hmm. that's really the right thing for them at the right moment, at the right time with whatever it is that they're struggling and though year one was very much focused on business coaching and entrepreneurship, and it will always be probably the core subject, that's why I want to start bringing on health coaches. Actually, the episode I released today was the first time I had a health coach. Mm. And then I've got one coming out later on in the year that's a mindfulness coach, which I nice. was like, to me, like again, another really important thing. Then I got another one who is a spiritual coach, but ties it into entrepreneurship. Yes. And it just, it, it got me really excited every time I started talking to these coaches from different walks of life. And right. I was like, well, I want more of that. So 
I'm also creating this to satisfy myself, which I think is what you should always do mm-hmm. is build whatever your platform is for yourself because you're not the only one who's going to enjoy it. There's easily dozens of people right. <laughs> who are going right. to enjoy it. Right. But, uh, yeah. And if I can help even one other person with whatever it is they're struggling with because of the person I was able to bring on to the podcast, to me, that's, that's really fulfilling for me. One thing I've loved about having guests on the show is even though, you know, as, as hosts, um, what people may not understand is being a host and then being the interviewee are two very different um, seats in the room. And what's really cool yeah. about being a host is you, you get to learn and kind of uh, take in this presence and idealism that maybe you oftentimes don't get the chance to really uh, stop and ask a question and, and really take it in. And that's been so fun having so many different people on the show is, is it's just like what you said. Everyone has these little nuggets of wisdom and vulnerability and storytelling. And even from the podcasting standpoint, I've had a couple of people on that have podcasts and it's like, yeah, we're taking this approach and we're doing this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I kind of wish I wasn't the host sometimes and just going, okay, wait, stop for a second. Like, can we revisit that? I know the listeners don't always want to listen to that geeking out, but um, which you and I've done a couple of times already, but it's just amazing. Um, you know, that's kind of the approach I took on my show was I just want to tell the story of humanity, however that's yeah. manifested. And it's really interesting when as humans, we take time to stop and just listen to the story. And so, you know, I can just envision what you're getting and the, and the, almost the honor that you get to have when you're talking to all these coaches and they're just drenching all this wisdom and experience on you. And I mean, it's just got to be uh, exhilarating, man. It just has to be. Yeah. So did I tell you what the most influential book in my life has been? No, tell us. I can't us. remember if I shared. Okay. So it's this. The Go-Giver. Yes. Yep. So it was co-written. One of the authors, uh, Bob Berg, the other one, John David Mann. Uh, Bob Berg's the one who was a little bit more like he's the face kind of thing. Like you hear more about Bob than John David Mann. And I read this book about four years ago. I currently have four extra copies. So the hardcover is mine. Right. The paperbacks are what I give people that I feel they'll find a lot of value in it. So at one point I had over a dozen of these and I've, I've just given them out to friends or acquaintances that I either got along with really well. And, and I could see they were like, they were struggling with things. And I was like, you know what? Read this book. This Mm -hmm. book had a huge impact on my life. So one of the things I was taught about, like building a, a, a brand and, and building your influence is to um, connect with what uh, Russell Brunson, actually he stole the term from somebody else and I can't remember the name, but they call it the dream 100. Mm-hmm. So on your social media, what they say is don't follow anybody except for the, your dream 100. So your dream 100 being the 100 people, personalities, that you would love to build a relationship with, 
either in, for business purposes or whatever it is, whatever your goals are. So one of mine was Bob Berg. Mm. So we, we started cleaning up my Instagram and following the right accounts. And I, I told the, the guy that I'm working with, I was like, I'm going to be following a whole bunch of accounts that I want to make sure we're following because I want to see what they're posting and like start engaging with them. So I, I followed Bob Berg. I was like, he's the co-author of the book that literally had the most impact in my entire life. And his, whether it was him or whoever manages his account replied after we, we followed and said, thanks for following. And I was like, Oh, cool. They, like they interacted with us and we did a post a little while back, my top five favorite books. And this was of course one of them. So we tagged Bob Berg and he ended up replying saying like, Hey, you know, such an honor to be on your top five list and all that kind of stuff. So I re- I ended up, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to direct message him and just say, Hey, you're welcome. Here's the story behind your book and why I listed it. And he's like, Oh, that's such an honor. And I was like, listen, I do a podcast and I would be so blessed and honored if you would be willing to come on as a guest. And he said, yes. Wow. And we recorded it uh, two weeks, no, three weeks ago. And that episode's coming out this Thursday. I have never been so like (laughs) pumped for for a guest because most of my guests I've never met. I didn't know. I reached out to them because they were coaches we did like a pre-interview thing to make sure that it would be a good fit. This was really like the first, I guess, like celebrity that I had on my podcast, like that I was aware of prior to. And I was like, this is amazing. Like (laughs) I finally, I got to interview the author of the book that had like the most influence on my entire life. So Anybody who listens or watches it, you're going to see, like, I'm, I'm excited to be interviewing him. And, and it was awesome. It was so good. I was, I, I, to me, that is why I love doing the podcast is because it's just opened up these opportunities and these doors to connect with people who, if I could have, you know, not if, but as I build and continue to build a relationship with Bob and look to add more and more value to him, to, to earn that time with him, mm-hmm. like that all happened because I started a podcast. Yes. That's it. Yes. It's so crazy. Yes. I just, I know we talked about this last time, but I love the podcast yeah. because of that. And I literally could care less how many followers I get. It's just that I've been able to connect with all these amazing people. And that in itself has been all, all just so worth it. You know what I've learned in the podcast world? Um, People are much more willing to jump on a podcast. It's kind, of, it's kind of like taking the place of the radio show back in the day. You know, used to when a band came through town, it was like, ah, oh, we got to hit up all the radio shows because that's where everyone in town is going to listen. And they did it for free and they weren't worried about anything. And that kind of went away. And really until podcasts kind of started taking off, there was almost this gap of where do influencers and popular people um, find their way to connect with the everyday person. You know, the, the, when they're on TV, I think they lose a part of that connection with the everyday person. Radio shows, they had it because those everyday people listen to the same DJ every single day. And now all of a sudden that DJ is interviewing Mick Jagger, you know, or whatever it is. 
And what I've learned in the podcasting world is it's the same thing. And people are so willing um, to come on podcast and to just be human and, and they and they enjoy it. And that has been a very intriguing prospect to me. And you just shared that story. And, and I think that's why um, those type of influential people are like, yeah, we'll do a podcast. Why would we not do a podcast? It's it, it was yeah. to be honest, when I first started booking guests, because I did a show for five years before I started booking guests, and I wasn't intimidated by reaching out to people, but I was a little bit concerned at how in the world am I gonna get people on the show? Like I don't know how that's gonna happen. I don't know if you had that feeling or not, but it's like the only thing I knew to do is just start, you know, take the shotgun approach and shoot as many times <laughs> as I could, and maybe I got something. And that's kind of what I did, but what I found really quickly is that even even you know pretty mid or pretty popular influential people were willing to have the conversation. That was almost really surprising to me, actually. Yeah, I I took very much a shotgun approach because I just starting out, I felt like I hadn't earned the right to bring on yes. those those more influential people. Yes. Now. Let me let me explain the perhaps false belief there. This is what happens when you talk to 50 coaches yes. in such a short <laughs> right. amount of time. Right. I may have like you can unpack that statement so many ways. It's, yes. it's very interesting when you think about it. So I said I may, I felt that I had not earned the right mm. to talk to those mm-hmm. influencers. Mm-hmm. But really if I was my own coach, I'd go, well, why would you feel that way? Right. Right. Do you not feel that you like, you're not worthy mm-hmm. of their time? Less than. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. And then of course my response will be like, well, yes. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kind of. Right? Like, <laughs> like I've seen them on YouTube and da, 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 right. da, 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 da. like they're all over the place. They run a multi-million dollar, some of the multi-billion dollar organization. Who am I? I'm just Chris Apolito who just started a podcast. But the thing is, if you've got a, if you can demonstrate value, Mm -hmm. even if you're just starting out, Mm -hmm. you can demonstrate value in other ways. People will be willing to do it. And so was, was the approach I took wrong? No, it was the approach I needed to take to get me to where I am right now. Right. So, um, but it's just one of those things that, when you rationalize and justify your decision, mm-hmm. don't think you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right in, in what it is that you need to do in that moment. And there's not really a right or wrong, but I, I guess it's more don't accept it as truth is a better way of yes. saying it. Because yes. it's probably not truth. It's just what you are creating as far as your existence and your own truth. If I really wanted to and had the confidence and the belief in it, I could have reached out to Bob Berg, John Maxwell. uh, I'm trying to think of some of these. Brene Brown. Like These are some bigger name people that if I could have had them on my podcast right out of the gates, who knows where I would have been. Now, do I want to reach out to them now? Uh, I'm still a little reluctant (laughs) because I'm going like, I still have that, like that limiting belief of, I feel like I haven't earned it yet because my downloads aren't at a certain level or I haven't reached a certain amount of subscribers or whatever it is. But 
like at the end of the day, it's just like sometimes you just got to take that leap of faith and go, what's the worst thing they could yes. say yes. if you reach out to them? Right. They'll say, no, not at this time. Because yeah. most of them are very, very polite people. They get these kinds of requests all, all the time. The time. Mm-hmm. So they know how to reject in a very pleasant way. Well, and that's right. The, they it, won't just be like, who are you? You're right. a loser. I'm never <laughs> right. coming on your podcast. <laughs> well, and, and, that, and that's the kicker. I, I think... I think oftentimes, um, going back to kind of the idea of the everyday person, I think oftentimes we, we not only obviously put people on pedestal, greater than, less than, but the other thing is we, we create this idealistic construct that says they're a different type of human being than I am. And the reality of it is we're all the exact same type of human being. We're all the exact same type of existence. We exist in different places and different times and different, you know, currencies and different circumstances, but we all exist on the same plane. And what I have found is that most of the time, healthy leaders of these big businesses and these successful programs are actually still looking for the exact same thing you and I are, and that is human connection. Yeah, That's all they're looking yeah. for. And I think when they see someone who is sincere and just wants that human connection, they're often more prone to entertain the idea than not. And what's even more interesting is, especially with business mo- uh, uh, business people, highly successful ones, they oftentimes judge business deals based on connection more than they do sensibility of, of revenue. Because the reason they're so successful is because they've aligned themselves with the right people in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And the everyday person often misses, and we again, the, the great John Mayer said, I am an architect of days that haven't happened yet. And that's one of my favorite lyrics in a song because we're masters at creating situations that will never take place, causing yeah. the dissonance of the voice in our head. And it's like, no, that's not going to happen. And if it does, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so true. There's one of the, uh, there's so much I want to talk about. (laughs) Okay. Let's start at the beginning with the association. You had mentioned that like that is one of the things that I'm going to be working on is this is one of the first times I've kind of shared it in like public school. Breaking news. One of the Breaking things I, news. One of the things I really want to work on uh, and, and have already started the process of it is after having talked to 50 coaches, most of them were business coaches, you start identifying some very, very common themes, yes. right? Common advice, things that when you really, they may say it differently, but when you boil it down to like the core principle of it, there's a there's some common principles. Um, uh, a mentor of mine, actually the one who had a lot of influence, he just referred to them as success principles, right? So there are success principles. If you want to be successful, follow these principles. Yes. Period. Laws, whatever you want to call them, right? Like with with John Maxwell, he calls them the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. You can, as much as you want to debate it, like those guys did for two hours, you cannot debate that each one of these laws in here is is a true law of leadership. Without 
you applying these, you cannot develop your leadership. It's the same with success. And one of them is association. Mm -hmm. The power of association is so incredible. Yes. One of the reasons why I feel like I my trajectory in life has, has bumped a little bit has been the shift in association mm. that I've had. Mm. And a lot of that, again, has come from the podcast. So I'm building these new relationships with people through the podcast and we're, we're building a, a, a relationship over time because it was like an initial reach out on, on a lot of them. It was LinkedIn. Then we, a little bit of back and forth there. I follow their profile. I'm sure they're following mine. Then before they can become a guest, they, they go through a, uh, a process of watching a 15 or sorry, 10 minute video, which is like me answering some of those really basic questions of, you know, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Tell me about the podcast. Why'd you start the podcast? I got to re-record it. But um, so they get to know me a little bit. Then I have a 15 minute call with them where I get to know them. And then together we try and figure out what would be a good topic that the two of us can talk about on an episode. Then we do an hour long episode. Well, we've, we've had, a, we've been building a relationship yes. with the ones that we really connect. We stay in touch and we build. So I'm now following them on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever. So now my input has changed so much right. compared to the, because association doesn't necessarily mean proximity. It's just who are the people that you're spending time with? Who are the people that you're allowing to have input in your life? Well, now I'm having input from Bob Berg and John Maxwell and mm. Mitch Gray and, and like all these people that have this beautiful, positive mindset. Yes. They, they love growing and developing themselves. So like I'm just getting this from all different angles, which is amazing. Whereas prior to that, the bulk of my association were really like, they're kind of like, they're happy with where things were at. Right. Right. Or at least that was kind of how it felt and how they communicated and, and how they lived life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're somebody who has that spirit of wanting to grow and continuously improving, but you're surrounded by nothing but people that are, are content yes. and happy yes. with status quo, it you you literally will go into depression. Because that's what happened to me. Yes. It yeah. just happens. Yeah, the, the idea is really the ultimate goal of life is contentment. It's to arrive at a place that you are very content with the energy you're giving and the energy you're receiving. The challenge is contentment isn't on an equivalent plane for everyone. Yeah. But we judge it on an equivalent plane. It's like, and, and that's where we all of a sudden start finding ourselves in this idea of, well, they're a little bit better than me, or I'm a little bit better than them, and we slip into this competitive comparison mode. And that, that I, I believe competition is the enemy of contentment. Contentment doesn't mean settling. Contentment means the ultimate way of living, is mm. that the energy I'm giving and the energy I'm receiving is at such a level that it's fulfilling every part of my being, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, in every way. But we're in this culture of such comparison that it's like, oh man, Chris, Chris has a best-selling author on his show? I don't have that. 
And we get in this whole idea of self-defeating paraphrasing that it just, it's devastating. And you and I talked about that before when we had our 15-minute call that turned into an hour and a half. <laughs> about dealing with, dealing with that depression and dealing with that anxiety. And, you know, I, I would say there's a difference in contentment and settling. Yeah. Settling means I'm running from the things I don't want to face. I'm running from my shadow. Contentment means I'm fully present in who I am. And those are very different things. Very different things. Yeah. Eastern philosophy, so Taoism or Taoism, however it's pronounced, is the that's another one that I, I kind of dove into. So I, I wanted to try and balance out the, the philosophies that I was learning. So I went and decided on Stoicism for the West and Taoism for the East. Yes. I, I know there's more, um, <laughs> right. but those, those are the two like right. core that I'm going with. Yeah. And, and from what I've learned, and I'm sure someone out there could easily correct me if I'm wrong, is a lot of those are uh, the, those two are really at the core of a lot of just the other philosophies that came and developed in the West and in the East. Yes. Hence why I went with those two. Whether I'm right or wrong, doesn't matter. I choose to be right in this situation. <laughs> right. uh, but in Taoism, so the Tao Te Ching was, is the book that I also like to read on a regular basis. But it talks about kind of finding... What, like in your words, like finding contentment is, is, and actually stoicism talks about this too, is you just find joy in, in what you have. Yes. Right. Yes. But you can, the, the funny thing about it is, well, you can change that as yes. well. So you can change what you have, Yes. but then you, you want to be content and find joy in what you have. So really what they're trying to teach you is just to not um, be a slave to desire right. and desiring things that you don't have. Right. Because if you do, you're never satisfied and you'll probably not find joy. Yes. So that, that was a big lesson for myself was just finding more gratitude for what I have. Um, maybe it's not where I thought I would be or where maybe I've not achieved those goals, but that's okay because I can still find joy in what I'm doing right yes. now and but have faith mm. in mm. the work I'm doing today will lead to those those outcomes that I, I'm pursuing. And so uh, it's 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 a very different way of thinking yes. than I think mainstream media likes to kind of in a sense brainwash us to think. Well it goes against consumerism. Yeah, um, it, just the idea yeah. of consumerism that I need more, I need to attain more, I need to do more, and not 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 attaining and getting is not in and of itself good, bad, or indifferent. It's the idea of that overcoming desire that I have to have more than I have now to be happy. That is the core of consumerism, and so it yeah. really throws against the idea of of that consumer capitalistic mindset of I have to attain more to receive happiness and. But haven't you found it to be truthful that when we when we find that joy in the now, the doors of the new kind of just happen? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, 
there's we can definitely go the direction of the esoteric right here. right and i had right. i had really a really fun conversation with a guest uh mary lynn zimer where what we ended up talking about was the fact that your mind is so powerful mm-hmm. that you literally shape your reality mm-hmm. And for most people, when they hear a statement like that, they'll go like, oh, goodness, like, what is this <laughs> What's person talking now? about? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to believe that I have a Lamborghini, right. therefore I'm going to have a Lamborghini. Right. And they take the statement so literally mm-hmm. that they, they're missing the point. If, if, you, if you have a desired lifestyle that you want you can manifest that in a sense by changing the way you think, yes. making sure the right you, you're receiving the right inputs because then your inputs will determine your outputs. Yes. And if, if you are thinking in a negative way and, and your, your core thinking is, but yet you're aiming towards over here, it's just not going to end up happening. Right. There's got to be some alignment in, in your, your way of thinking. And so when, when you find contentment, I think what ends up happening is your, (laughs) it's like your spirit or whatever it is you want to call it, your soul, your spirit, like just it, it itself almost like opens up. Yes. And, And there's almost like an energy that you give off that is again, whether for me, I, I, ref, I say universe. Yes. A lot of people will say God. Again, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use, whatever your belief is, but as you like free yourself up, now all of a sudden you're like, you're open to receive. Yes. Whereas when you are so closed off and guarded and protected because of the way you think and everybody's out to get you and your neighbor's dog keeps shitting on your yard and they're right. doing it on purpose. And you're like, right. no, he just happens to go there and your neighbor didn't have a bag that day and they probably didn't feel very good about it. Yeah. But you take it to this, this different direction of negative rather than defaulting more to positive and that will impact everybody around you. Mm. If you've ever, like, Mitch... Have you been around somebody who is chronically negative? Oh, well, and, like they're, that's all, and they're always sick and they're always yeah, late always to sick. work and they never have enough they, money. They get injured all the time. Yes. Um, bad things always happen to mm-hmm. them. They, they like they literally, as they say, they can't catch a break. Why is that? Why is it that the people who are chronically negative end up having these really negative life? Right now, we could get philosophical here. Is it the negative events of life are what lead to the negative mindset or is it the negative mindset is what's causing all those negative events? Yeah. And the idea is, does it really matter what comes first? Exactly. It's it's happening. (laughs) That's what it's just happening. And I I love that you use the word manifest because uh, manifesting, manifestation, those, those are some of my favorite things to think of, to share with others, and to speak, um, because we are a manifestation of our internal existence, and that's just how life works. I, you know, the, 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 
first part of my life, I grew up in a culture that thought they had the market on the truth of how and why. I've learned in the latter part of my life that no one has the corner in the market of the truth of how or why. It just is. And the sooner we realize that it just is, it's God or the universe or I don't care what anyone calls it, it just is, the quicker we start opening ourselves up to the things that can be manifested in our lives and in the lives of others. And then we open ourselves up to the connection with other people. Um, yeah. You talk about those negative, let's call them negative Nellies for now. That's what someone used to say in my life. <laughs> you know, don't be a negative Nelly. Yeah. They're so isolated and they shut themselves off from everyone. And I believe it's in that isolation and that darkness that they just feed the negativity. Um, and and, yeah. and it's it's a dangerous, dangerous place to exist. It's almost this idea of <laughs> when you shop for a new car or you buy a new car, and before you bought that new car, you never saw cars like that anywhere. And then you buy that new car, and now you see that same exact new car on every street corner. And it's like, hold on yeah. a second. Did everyone just buy a new Honda uh, Accord? Or, like, what happened? And, and it's just this idea of lifting your eyes and lifting your spirit and your existence and going... These things already exist. It's a matter. It's like someone told me one time, Mitch. All the money in, a, in the world exists around you. It's a matter of reaching out and grabbing it. And I'm like, yeah. wow, wow, that was really empowering. Yeah. So one of the the things I was just thinking about there when you were talking about like, uh, not to like belabor the point now, but I just was thinking about this when when somebody's negative, depressed, uh, we tend to use. Uh, oh, the the direction that we use is down or low. Mm. I'm feeling low. I'm feeling down. Right. So, well, if you were to put yourself into a pit, which direction would you want to be going? Mm. Do you want to keep going down, or do you want to eventually go up? Mm-hmm. Right. And this is anybody who's gone through depression or any sort of mental illness will understand what I'm talking about. When you are going through that, it feels like you are in a pit. Yes. And you yes. can't get out. And the more negative that you become or that's around you, it feels like you're just getting deeper and deeper and deeper in it. And it feels very isolating. It feels very dark. It feels... It's just, it's not a good place to be in. So right. for anybody who's currently going through that, I, 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 hear, I, I hear you reach out and I'm more than willing to talk about it. It's not an easy thing to get through. You need people to help you. And this is what ended up happening for me was um, my wife, well, at the time we were just engaged, but my wife was very um, understanding with what I was going through. And I thankfully got to a point where I finally was like, I am so tired of feeling this way. Yes. I need to find help. So I don't know where that came or how I I finally decided. Part of it, I think, was the fact that I I had a mentor who was like, who believed in me and was trying to like sow that positive energy into me. And that was helping a little bit. But then I finally was like, I need help. I need, I need somebody who's going to be able to navigate this through me. So I started going to a counselor, uh, on my own as well as with my wife. And 
through all these sessions and a lot of pain, a a lot of tears, I finally was able to kind of like uncover what the core reason was for me and, and face it, accept it and, and start moving on with things. And the best analogy I can give, and I I talked to a, a, a very old friend of mine who went through his own challenges. And when we were, when I was describing what I was going through, he was like, Jesus, like I felt the exact same way. Like, it feels like once you're starting a, up that path of of getting yourself out of that pit, it feels that way. Like you're scraping right. and clawing your way out of it. Yes. And and the, the this is where association comes into play again. You're trying your best. You're working your butt off to like. I want to get to that place that everybody keeps talking about. That it's like oh, I feel happy, and you're like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you if you <laughs> swear on your podcast. I was about to swear, so was, I'll, I'll reserve that. I was going to say, well, fuck you, because when right. you're in that position and yes. somebody's like, why aren't you happy? You're like, fuck you. Like, you do not know what I feel right now. It's not as easy as just going like, just put a smile on your face. It's so ignorant for somebody to think that. So if you feel that way about those types of people, please go get educated because – that is just a very ignorant perspective of mental illness and depression. But as you're clawing your way up, if you're still associating with those people that are negative, mm-hmm. like those those negative Nellies you were calling them, mm-hmm. guess what that makes you feel like? It makes It's like they're hucking things down at you in this pit yes. and it keeps hitting you and it makes climbing out really, really hard. It almost feels like it's slippery and or like quicksand and you're just like, why is this not getting better? I don't understand. And what you need to do is one of two things. You either eliminate them right. from your life right. or you significantly reduce the amount of time you spend with those people until you've gotten yourself to a position that you can now handle it. I can be around those people now and I'm fine. They don't, they don't, they don't impact my mental well-being anymore. But I couldn't be around them when I was still on the road of like getting myself out of that that pit. Uh, because if I did, it would it felt like it would pull me back uh, a you know two steps kind of for every step that I was taking forward. And and it's not easy, especially when it's like longtime friends yes. or family. That's yes. the hardest one. Because if it's family and you're like, what do you tell them? I can't be around you anymore because right. I'm depressed and you're super negative all right. the time. And that's making me really shitty and feel awful about myself and life. Um, so I'm just going to avoid you for a while. You just you just make it work however you need to do it. Yeah. Instead of being around them, go find positive inputs. Read some great books. Like learn about yourself. Meditate. Journal. Uh, seek counsel. Go, go hang out with that person who's maybe gone through it so that they actually understand what you're going through. Um, and usually they'll, because they've gone through it, they're not going to be the type of person that's just going to give you un, unsolicited advice. Right. They're just going to listen and go, I'm here for you. Um, whenever you need to talk, you know, I'm here kind of thing. So yeah, I'm sorry. I don't even know how we ended up on that topic, but like I've, because I've gone through it, it just, uh, there's just so, it's something that I would love to be able to help a lot more people 
get through. And I do feel coaching or at least something like the podcast can help because it, it can be that positive input that they can receive. But it is, yeah, that's one area I would love to to have a lot more of an impact on the world is is mental well-being, mental health. Yeah, here's here's what's crazy is um, I, I alluded to it earlier, and you and I've talked about it, but I've I've probably struggled with depression and mental health most of my life. Um, I grew up in a culture that that denied mental health; it was of the devil, and at at best you prayed it out of people, but most of the time you didn't talk about it at all. Um, and and so what's crazy though is I've had multiple people on the show. The goal wasn't to talk about mental health. In fact, most of them we never even talked about before the show that we had that in common. And it always ends up being a core topic of the show. Hmm. That tells me a couple of things. It makes me very happy that as a culture and a society, we're finally getting to the point that it can be a topic that we discuss. We don't have to fear it. It's not taboo. People still do look down on it. I have friends that still deny it. Um, and that's okay. That's, that's up to them. You know, I don't like, like you just advised, I've distanced myself from that, but it makes me happy that we can have this discussion, but it also tells me that a, we need to provide more help and B, uh, we need to still dive deeper into that area of, of connecting with one another because I think more people deal with mental health. I, I'm actually of the belief that I think everyone deals with mental health on different scales. But I think yeah. I think everyone in some form or fashion has dealt with this idea of I'm not good enough. I can't do whatever I'm trying to do and I just want to give up. And really, that's the premise of mental health and capacity and depression. For some of us, we're more prone to go, yep, you're exactly right. You can't do it. And so we dig ourselves in that pit and it just happens. Um, I would yeah. I would expound a little bit on, you were talking about, uh, I call it alignment. You were talking about association. And I would encourage people to think about that oftentimes, and this is what happened for me personally, oftentimes it can be founded on a culture that you are either raised in or living in. It can be a job. It can be anything. And so oftentimes it's the alignment of um, whatever you're surrounding yourself with or have been placed into, sometimes not even by choice. And that becomes a very difficult task to get beyond that, that cultural embedding. Um, you're working at a, I've heard of people that they're working at a job, at a career, making good money, and they're absolutely, they hate it. They're depressed. They're bullied at work. Um, they're sexually harassed and they have to make this decision of their personal health or taking care of themselves and their family. That's not an easy, it's not just as easy as getting up one morning and turning in your two weeks and getting another job. Like, yeah, it's, and so that's, it takes a lot of, uh, self-awareness and inventory. I, I tell people this, um, when I was really in the throes of my depression, I called it the darkness rising. Just this idea of some days you just wake up and you can just feel this darkness, this pit. Now that I'm kind of getting through it and becoming more healthy, I call it fighting the ghosts because there's those days you still just wake up and I don't feel the darkness or the pit, but there's these ghosts that I'm just punching at the wind and it's like, hold on a second. Why am I punching at the wind? (laughs) Just, 
visit with it for a second, learn from it, and and you're kind of able to live your day. Yeah. One of the, I think part of the reason why anybody who has gone through it is now more willing to talk about it is that's actually one of the best things to do to yes. help almost like to, to get through it. It is important, but I, I, I can, I get why people struggle to talk about it when they're still like in the midst of it. Um, hence why counseling and all that is really important. But once you've gone and you've kind of gotten to the other side of it, talking about it is like, it's exposing what it is yes. Yes. and, and like shame and all that stuff. Uh, Brene Brown talks about this a lot, but like shame and, and all those negative feelings, they live in isolation and darkness. Yes. So for you to openly talk about it in, it's just, it's now, it's now not in isolation because you're connecting with somebody and it's not in darkness because you're just you're just talking about it now. Right. You're sharing it with either one person or in this case, you know, many people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I think that's why the people that have gone through it are, are much more comfortable to talk about it is because there's now that understanding of me talking about it and being open is, is two things. It's helping other people who are maybe going through it it's going to make them realize like, oh, geez, I'm not alone. Because mm-hmm. um, you, again, for whatever reason, you always kind of feel like you're the only one or <laughs> right. you're all alone. Right. Um, and and secondly, it's it's for the personal benefit of the more I, I'm comfortable talking about this, the less likely for me to slip back into that. Because usually if you've gone through it once, you're more prone to go through it again. It's just the way. Yes. Yes. Though, like we think we right. Like I don't know if it's a natural trait for that certain type of personality, but there's there's certain types of personalities that you're just more prone to it because of the way you think and the way you're wired and all that kind of stuff. And and or we just have very common upbringings that have put us in this position where right. slipping down that slippery p- path slope it's possible and likely unless you are very proactive in taking care of yourself so openly talking about it exercising eating well just taking care of yourself right so well and and it's the visual that i like to to keep in mind and share with others is we're we're talking about you know depression is at its best when you are isolated when you're on the island by yourself internally um there are those people around you that either out of ignorance or, or whatever allowed you to slip into that without doing anything about it. Once you start talking about it and you align yourself with people, like let's just take, for example, you and I have done, and you get to know them better and they get to know you better. It's this idea that once you start slipping again, uh, you know, people can look at you and go, oh, wait, wait, I need to reach out. Like, I need to help because I can see what's happening to Chris right now. They start seeing yeah. the signs and they don't stand by passively. And not that we blame the people in our lives before. Maybe it was out of ignorance and they didn't know. But at the same time, I want people around me that are going to go, wait, Mitch isn't right today. We need to do something to help and support him. That is a drastically different situation to live in. It's a hopeful situation rather than a, a, a divisive and a demeaning situation. 
And, and yeah. I just, I just hope people, if you're, if you're struggling with mental, emotional health, with depression, uh, we've said it 51 times on the show already, <laughs> align <laughs> and associate yourself with the people that are going to hold you up, reach out, let you fall into their lap, listen to you and not always give advice and just be there. Um, when you have those people around you, you can get through anything. Uh, again, we started the show by saying it's not so much what happens to you in life. It's how you respond to what happens mm-hmm. to you. And, and the power of a response is oftentimes those who you have aligned yourself with. And so um, we have gone a really long time, normal than normal. <laughs> and that's okay. I love it. I want to ask a question, though, before we start wrapping things up, Chris. Um, sure. So you've talked about kind of what you've created, the space of the podcast that you've created, and you've talked about what what um, people can kind of find on the show. But what would, in, in your dream world, in your heart of hearts, what would you want someone to experience when they listen to your show? Hmm, that is a really good question. I don't know if it would happen necessarily in one episode, but the experience that I had was finding a person whose lifestyle and success, it was something that I was like, I like that. I Mm. I would like that kind of lifestyle. And I was fortunate enough that they said, well, I'm willing to teach you, but you're going to have to put in the work kind of thing. Like you got to earn it. Right. Right. So, okay, well, what do I got to do? And so it was like, okay, well do this, do this, do this. And, and so it was like, okay, that sounds, I think I can do that. Right. So it was basically like invest in myself. (laughs) That was kind of the weird thing about it. It was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll coach you. I'll mentor you, but you got to invest in yourself too. So you got to start reading. You got to start listening to, you know, these types of podcasts. You got to, um, you know, get yourself out of your your comfort zone by doing things that, you know, maybe you wouldn't normally do in the past. Like if you're going to want to be successful, these are the things that you need to start doing. Invest in yourself. I'm like, all right. So the weird thing that ended up happening is you're, and this is like any daily habit, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it. And you're like, why am I not seeing any results? I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then one day when you're thinking, you know, because you're like, you're doing the dishes or you're in the shower and you're just kind of like, da, 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 da. And you're like, wait, holy moly, I have changed a lot. Yes. Like what, how, <laughs> yeah. how did that happen? I didn't even notice right, that. Right, right. To me, the experience I'm hoping people will get by listening to the podcast. So that's what I was saying, like, I don't think it'll happen with one podcast. Mm. Maybe it takes multiple podcasts. Maybe it's listen to the whole journey that I, I like you literally are hearing my journey from going from, I have no clue what the heck I'm doing <laughs> to <laughs> I have a slightly yes. better idea of what I'm doing, but going, I'm having so much fun that I really don't care. I want to keep learning. I want to keep talking to people. I want to keep sharing this message and you'll look back at yourself after listening to this podcast, reading some of the books that we recommend, maybe reaching out to some of these coaches or just starting to follow them on social media. Again, all that, like that, what we've all been talking about, like alignment, input, 
investing in yourself, changing the way you think, all these little things will start happening to you because you're just going to, that's all you're going to hear from me and, and the podcast and from the people you're going to maybe start following and the books you're going to start reading. Then all of a sudden, three months, six months, 12 months later, you're going to look back and go, holy Heck, right. I am so different than the way I was a year ago. The epiphany moment for me when I realized I was like, wow, have I changed. <laughs> I used to be quick to um, to anger, we'll say, uh, especially in the car. Like road rage. Okay. <laughs> right. Very, very quick. I wouldn't like, I wasn't like uh, a, a bad, like level 11 raging type right. person, but I would go from zero to we'll say like seven or, or eight sometimes very, very quickly because somebody was doing something on the road that I thought was stupid. <laughs> One day a guy actually cut me off. So he did do something stupid. Right. I had to like slam on the brakes. I had to weave uh, a little bit to, to like avoid an accident. My wife was with me, uh, was not pregnant at the time, but my wife was with me and I just, Stopped, corrected, and just kept on driving. Didn't say anything. Didn't react. And I was like, in like within seconds, I was like, wow. wait, I didn't, I didn't react to that. Like yeah. that guy actually cut me off. Right. Whereas before, people would just do stupid things on the road, and I would, I, what an idiot! Like who the <laughs> f are you? And no, no, no. My wife would be like, relax, you're like, you're causing me to stress right. out. And I was like, what? What like I would go from zero to eight back down to like two within like 30 seconds. And to me, I thought that was normal because that's yeah. what I saw a lot of my life. And my wife was like, You're causing me anxiety by mm. doing that. Mm. Then one day it didn't happen. I was like, holy shit, this stuff mm -hmm. actually works. <laughs> Meditation, journaling, right. reading books, right. like actually like being mindful with myself. I was yes. like, wow, yes. that was crazy. Yes. And to me, that's the experience I want people to have is that that moment of like, holy, I am such a different person. Mm. And they, you'll get like hooked on it because you're like, if this is how much I've changed in for me now, it's been a journey of about four years mm -hmm. and I am a very different person than I was four years ago. But if this is how different I am after only four years, yeah. I'm only 38. What am I going to look like right. when I'm 58 right. in another 20 and another 30 or 40 years? Right. Like that gets me so excited. And, and that's the part that I think once you you embark on that journey of personal development, you're going to get hooked because you're going to look at the big change that you've had in what is really a short amount of time. And then you're just going to get really excited for, well, what is that going to look like in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years from now? That's what I want people to experience by listening to the podcast. That might be a really big dream, <laughs> but that's my, that's my goal of what people would experience. That, that's why it's your dream, brother. That's why it's your dream. Yeah. And that's why I love that question because um, that's one of my favorite questions to ask people no matter, no matter what they do. Because I think oftentimes we think internally so often that we forget that we're also here experiencing life with others. 
And when we can be more intentional about that experience with others, it uh, it can radically change our internal thought process. And um, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful response, man. I I love that whole idea. Um, I there's a saying that I love. Uh, we're just seed planters. We're just we're just mm. planting seed. And in a nutshell, that's that's exactly what you just said, is, is you just want to be planting seed. And one day that seed is going to come to harvest and people are going to go, they're going to look in the mirror and see a reflection they've never seen before. And yeah. it's going to be a reflection that, that uh, inspires them. And that's, wow, that's that's amazing. Okay, man. Uh, gosh, this has been, this has been incredible, <laughs> brother. This is, we, we had a pretty high expectation of what this show is going to be. And we've even blown that out of the water. So... Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I have five questions, kind of rapid fire, that I ask every guest because our conversations, much like your show, tend to get really deep. And so I like to end the show with something that's fun and, and kind of uh, just lighthearted. So uh, right, you, you can only do one word answers. That's the rule. You can only do one okay. word answers. Okay, here we go. Uh, when reading a book, do you prefer digital or paper? Paper. I'm really glad you said that because you you demoed like three books for us physically on the show tonight. So I'm like, if this fool says digital after showing us all these books, we have There's a problem. There's my digital. <laughs> <laughs> all right, paper. So, but paper for sure. Cool. Uh, coffee or yeah, tea? Paper's my preference. Coffee or coffee. tea? Coffee. Black. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what's one guilty pleasure you have? One word. Cinnamon buns. I'll give it to you. Uh, one thing you <laughs> one thing you can't live without. Mm, love. Ah, love it. And what's your favorite season of the year? Oh, summer. Summer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like it. Hey, Chris, uh, this has been a joy, man. I like, I like my guests to leave our listeners with one thought at the end of the show. What do you want to leave with the people? If you don't already have one, find a coach mm. or a mentor. They love will it. have significant impact on your life. And if you're searching for a coach or a mentor, you can begin that search by subscribing to uh, Chris's podcast, um, Get Coach 360. He's got some great guests on there already, and I know he's rolling out some more. So if you're kind of kind of wanting to know where to start, um, Chris has some great people. And, and part of what Chris does is offer an opportunity for his listeners to connect with the guests that he has on his show. So make sure you subscribe to his show um, check him out on Twitter, Chris Ippolito. I hadn't practiced it in like an hour. So I'm, I'm, uh, follow Chris on Twitter. We're going to put his uh, LinkedIn and some other con- uh, contact information in the show notes as well. Um, Chris, this has been an honor and a pleasure, my brother. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, if you'll hang on for a few seconds after we uh, start recording, you and I will connect again. Brothers and sisters, thanks for subscribing to The Mitch Gray Show. For listening, please follow us on YouTube, Mitch Gray Media, all of our shows Um, Go on YouTube via the video version. You can subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media, M. Gray Media, and I promise you will find some great inspirational content for any area of life. And uh, yeah, have a a great one, friends. I hope you're doing well during this season of uh, kind of chaos. But remember how we started the show. Again, I want to remind you, it's not what happens to you in life. It's how you respond to what happens. So we hope you can respond. Uh, in, a, in a healthy way. We talked about mental health quite a bit, and it's been, I think, two or three shows in a row that that topic's come up. I know a lot of people struggle with mental health. If you're one of those people, brothers and sisters, please reach out. Um, I've had multiple guests on the show that have offered 
their uh, friendship and connection. I know Chris would do the same. I'm always here for you. So we're slowly building a really strong network of people that are here to walk alongside you, that are here to listen to you. So please, if you need help, um, contact us and we will be here for you as best we can. We love you. We thank you and go subscribe to the show. Have an awesome day.